Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Everyday Dory by Dory Greenspan. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you doing? I am fantastic. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm feeling, yeah. feeling a little bit uh, like I got hit by a truck, though. Yeah. But not, not because... Self-inflicted. Yes, not because we're hungover or anything, but because we uh, were trying... Our, our old asses were <laughs> practicing yoga inversions yesterday. Yep. I did the crow. Yes, you did. Six months ago, I didn't even know what The Crow was. <laughs> you thought it was a movie. It was a movie. Well, it yeah. was a good movie. But yeah, now we're doing crows. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Tasty Pages. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a segue? Uh, podcast from Cooking the Books, uh, episode 23. Um, per usual, we'll get a few housekeeping things out of the way. And thanks, everyone, for listening and tuning in and for making your purchases via the store tab on our website, um, which takes you to the amazon.com affiliate links. Um, every little bit helps. It's certainly appreciated, not expected, but, uh, the numbers are, are kind of good. I mean, we could buy like maybe, a a pizza with the uh, yeah. affiliate money that, that we have. So keep it coming. <laughs> a Ferrari is, uh, not Within anywhere. Reach. No, it is not. Mm, okay. But you really want a Ferrari. Not really. Yeah. Because you know what that says. It's not very sensible. <laughs> Even if the Ferrari was free, <laughs> I'd have to pay to maintain and repair it. And I'm sure that ain't cheap. That's not happening down at the little like muffler shop down the street or no. something. They're not working on Ferraris. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Before we dive into Everyday Dory by Dory Greenspan, uh, let's talk a little bit about what we had going on this week. Um, go ahead, Victoria, uh, take it away. We were working out of a book called Coconut and Sambal by Laura Lee, and I have to say I enjoyed I enjoyed the book. Indonesian. Indonesian. We've never cooked uh, from an Indonesian book. Um, yeah. And yesterday was the final thing that we shot and uh oh it was so good yep. made these banana fritters Ooh. and a no churn peanut butter banana ice cream yep. oh so we're gonna say <laughs> save it for a future episode don't don't want to don't want to show all of our cards man i just love fried dough yeah <laughs> who doesn't <laughs> and uh up next we have a book called Japanese Food Made Easy by Aya Nishimura. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, looking forward to jumping into that one starting am, this week. I am too. We might have to make a little field trip to our Japanese supermarket out in the suburbs. It's called Mitsuwa. Yeah. Um, yeah, we haven't been there in a long, long time. Field trip. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Need anything from Ikea? It's right down the street from there. <laughs> We're trying to get rid of stuff, not not yeah. collect more stuff. But that's where you that's where Ikea comes in. You can put them all in those like handsome bins that they have, those storage bins. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Not convinced. No. Um, hey, most importantly, what is for dinner tonight? We're having pepperoni pizza. <laughs> homemade. Yes, homemade. And which is kind of funny to me because whenever we make pizza, 
It's always some bullshit like pear gorgonzola with the it's walnut. Very bougie. <laughs> Super. <Or> bougie pizzas. <laughs> and so like we're just like the other day Johnny's like, oh, I really want pepperoni pizza and it struck me as hilarious. What a weird random craving. Yeah. And like when we order pizza, like I don't think we've ever ordered pepperoni pizza not just by itself no, no. it's it maybe if we're in the mood we'll do like a pepperoni sausage and mm-hmm. then some other ingredients um you know if you're some kind of animal you'd get pineapple on it Ooh, don't get us started <laughs> on that um hey before we dive into this book we've got a show topic that we think uh warrants further scrutiny and attention and discussion um and that is foods that you disliked as a child, but now enjoy as an adult. And we put this out to our followers on Instagram, and we got some great feedback from them. So thank you for that. Um, you want to start with those, and then we'll kind of dive into our our choices? Uh, sure. Okay. Take it away, Victoria. Um, let's see. Jen, Jen Trites, I hope, I, at Jen Trites says legumes so basically beans you know and i have i'm i'm kind of with her there too like i'm i've been coming around to beans and stuff as well but okay so i'm getting off track. nope that's a good one (laughs) good one uh cookbook destinations or at cookbook destinations says hated tomatoes now they're a favorite of mine and they actually receive them instead of flowers on their birthday as like a inside joke amongst their family and friends which i think is really funny that is super cute give the gift to tomatoes right um what else you got at crumpled chilies said eggplant we had a few votes for eggplant Mm -hmm. yeah um, as well as tomatoes. Um, cook I Can said uh, everything as a kid. So apparently <laughs> Ooh, he was kind you, of a picky eater. Yes. N- nugs, chicken nuggets for, for this guy. Yep. Uh, sugar tree baking, beets. Uh-huh. Another, another one that I would think we'll get a lot of votes for. Mm-hmm. Um, Yaz, hi Yaz, yep. um, underscore. Chicago said avocado. That's a good one too, because uh-huh. I don't think most kids would enjoy Mm-mm. avocado. And man, we we eat tons of them now. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, Jay's in the kitchen. Uh, everything that is not beans. Ah, and, so kind of and, the opposite of uh, the first response. Uh-huh. And fruit pie. That's very specific. (laughs) Uh, At Doug Choi said, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but I I did look it up to see how it's pronounced. B. B. Myung Young? God, I'm so terrible. Which is. My apologies. But it's a spicy Korean cold noodle dish, which sounds delicious. Absolutely. You didn't like it as a kid? Well, I mean. You know, some and I kids- should have traded places. He could have had my hot dogs and orange drink. <laughs> I'd gladly eat that spicy Korean cold noodles. Some kids don't like spicy. I know. And now we got a ton of votes for Brussels sprouts. Yep, you're not alone, my friends. <laughs> several, several uh, chimed in with that. Uh, broccoli, another one, of course. Eggplant. We talked about that already. And then tomatoes again. Yeah. So good, good one. And I, uh, you know, to to complete the research, I gave my mom a call, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. In Minnesota <laughs> earlier today. 
I was going to try and get her on the phone, but that I, the technology... You're I, old. <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. So uh, we, we did this off the air. But uh, my mom growing up uh, hated fish, which is why she doesn't eat a lot of seafood as an adult. Um, my grandfather was an avid fisherman. Uh-huh. And so that was what they had most evenings for dinner. And so, you know, think of the pressure, you know, like they had four kids and... He had to go out and fish, and that was, and they ate the catch. And if if he didn't catch anything, they didn't eat, or maybe they ate something as a backup. That's they probably didn't have a frozen pizza in the freezer like we do no. for an emergency kitchen disaster meal. It's funny because my best friend in high school, her dad used to go on fishing trips, and I would walk over to her house before going to school, and like. Seven in the morning. It's like, hey, Vicaroo, you want some uh, fried walleye? <laughs> fried walleye. That's such a Minnesota thing, too. Oh, my mom also doesn't like peas. She made that very clear. She's she's a stern. <laughs> Was she like opponent Yuck. of peas? Yes. <laughs> so, I don't understand, Cheryl. So thanks for that, mom. Um, we're going to be talking about you more in a second <laughs> because. Uh, a bulk of my childhood uh, consisted of uh, a lot of ingredients that I now. To clarify, this is not like stuff that maybe you thought you didn't like as a kid. This is like stuff that you like actively had, but just didn't enjoy. That's our dog Olive barking in the background. You can probably hear that bitch. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so this is like stuff that I remember having as a kid. Didn't like it. A lot of the reason that it kind of came out in our discussion between the two of us was that it's probably just because it wasn't properly prepared. Yes. And here's the thing. We are, you know, our moms may have not been great cooks, but they made damn sure that we had dinner on the table every night while working. And that we didn't go hungry. Yes. So that's an important thing because that's not, uh, you know, something that everyone... uh, it's not a luxury that everybody has. Thank you. And you're the smart. Our our, our moms busted their asses, and yeah. we love them very much. So don't take this as like a unfair critique of our moms. because yeah. that's not what it is. We're not. We're not uh, spending this episode going down that road. Right. But uh, yo, know, that said, you want to start with your list? Yeah. Um, Brussels sprouts. Uh, yep. Because I'd only ever had them boiled to the point of mush where it makes the whole kitchen smell like farts. (laughs) Now, last week we just made a Brussels sprout kind of slaw, like an Mm -hmm. Asian flavored uh, Brussels sprout slaw, which was delicious. And I was thinking at the time that that would actually be a great dish to make for people who maybe think they don't like Brussels sprouts just because, you know, they've had them in the past and they were not prepared properly. So... Uh, I, I think with a lot of these ingredients that we're discussing, it's just, uh, in the preparation, Yeah. which brings me to the first thing on my list, which is pork chops. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had so many discussions about pork chops back in the day when I was a wee lad and it was pork chop night, <laughs> it would usually consist of these like paper thin <laughs> pork chops 
that were dry as a bone and cooked for probably several hours in the sky <laughs> until it was like dust, literally. And I have to say, same, I had the exact same pork chops as, so <laughs> as a child. I can recall, you know, fast forward a few decades later and we moved to Chicago and we were at the grocery store and, you know, kind of getting more and more into cooking for ourselves and feeding ourselves. And we spied these beautiful looking thick cut pork chops in the store in the case and we said hey why not give it a go i believe they were bone in too it was like a revelation (gasps) it's the the only way to enjoy pork chops really that's where the flavor is but uh it was a revelation and cooked properly to you know the the correct doneness. They're and- nice and juicy. Well, for for a long time, like the whole, uh, you know, you'll get worms uh, was a thing. So everyone cooked the hell out of out of pork. And so you had shoe leather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, and now pork chops are kind of a regular menu item for us, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm so thankful for that that we rediscovered them. That was that was one of the things on my list too. Um, what else you got? Hominy. Ah. Hominy. Well, hominy is a good food when you don't have a lot of money. Yep. Um, but here's the thing: why does it come in? There's like huge can, and then there's like the number ten can, the huge, huge food service. Can. Oh, they've they've have like oil drums full of that stuff. But I, why can't it, I just want to find like a soup can size portion of hominy? And for those who don't know, what is hominy also known as? For those of you who don't know what hominy is, it's like it's made from dried corn and then it's soaked in uh, in lye, I believe. One um, of our favorite dishes is made with it. Pozole. Yep. And and, and that's the thing is like it, it was Fed to me as a kid, and I hated it. it was, well, and it wasn't seasoned either. It was just like dump the hominy out of the can <laughs> and <laughs> eat it up. A little seasoning goes a long way in whether you <laughs> determining whether you will enjoy a dish or not. Yes, and my sister and my dad hated it as well. Um, but I and so I haven't. Ha- I didn't have it until having pozole. Like I didn't know. That that was an ingredient of pozole. Yeah, and then I was like, "What?" So yeah, no, I like it. Mind blown. Um, here's one that I'm sure we'll get a lot of agreement from the audience: spinach. <gasps> yes, and in particular, canned spinach, Popeye brand spinach. Oh, it's like metallic and slimy. No wonder kids don't like it, right? And you get the fresh stuff, and yeah. So a lot of these are just uh, a result of probably using like poor ingredients or prepackaged or canned stuff. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, like, and what home, do you do? Fr- with- home fresh cooking was not like a huge thing when we were kids. Yeah, like, we're, we're a child was, of the seventies and eighties. It was and- about like convenience foods. Mm-hmm. So microwave, my- <laughs> microwave, mm. <laughs> touche. <laughs> Uh, that, and and it, by the way, um, you guys have to like look up Nigella Lawson saying microwave. Yep, you'll get a you'll get a chuckle. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, another one on my list: mushrooms mm. and cherry tomatoes. I have I have this very vivid, disturbing memory, traumatic memory of 
being in preschool and for lunch they had cherry tomatoes. I don't know if it was anything else or if they were just making us eat cherry tomatoes. But Okay, that's a shitty lunch. <laughs> yeah. It, there might have been something else involved, but I told them I didn't like it. I don't Wait, know if, were they cut in half? I don't know. I, they I, should have been I, because that's a choking hazard. I don't recall. <laughs> See? <laughs> you should have told them what's what at that school. Uh, and I probably would have choked on a tomato too, <laughs> knowing me. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I remember, I, I don't remember if I had in my head that I just didn't like them or if I actually had tried them and decided I didn't like them, but they, they basically made me eat them and would not let me leave until I ate them. And then I remember getting really sick because like, you know, the last thing you want to do if, if, uh, someone, you know, makes you eat something is like try and gobble it down. Yeah. And, and so for the longest time, I just did not like tomatoes. And it's still like, I'm weird about it because like we have them in you dishes all the time. It, yeah. I would never pick a cherry tomato off the vine in the garden there and eat it. There is nothing and better than you picking. You do it all the time. <laughs> there is nothing better than picking the blah. first, the first ripe cherry tomato of the season and just you just pop it in your mouth right there. If you say so, it's lady. Summer times twenty thousand. Hard pass. And and the conversely, like opposite of your story, my grandma used to grow cherry tomatoes. Um, she had a huge, huge garden. And, you know, there would be oodles and oodles of tomatoes. And I would just eat them until I got... It's a technical s- term, right? Oodles? <laughs> I would just eat them until I got blisters on the inside of my mouth. Wow. Disgusting. You really but- leaned into that cherry tomato <laughs> situation. I sure did. Wow. You have anything else on your list? Yes. Um, avocado. Oh, yeah. My mom another, used- another one that came up several times in our survey. Yeah. Like when I was a teenager, my mom started eating uh, avocados and I was just like, ugh, it's so disgusting. Um, and now I'm just like, oh, it's like vegetable butter. Yeah. Love and we eat them, them all the time. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and it makes me sad because uh, I'm just like, oh, I missed out for so long. <laughs> Should have been eating that stuff as a baby. I know. Like, I missed out on guacamole. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And then the last thing on my list is liver and onions. Okay. Um, do, you, and, do you really like them as an adult? I do. Oh. I do. I know I've made it for us once. Yeah. But I, if you, I mean, well, here's the thing. Like when my mom made it, she never pre-soaked the liver because in order to get rid of that, like kind of assertive tang, you're supposed to soak it in either lightly salted water or milk or butter. it kind of leaches that mm-hmm. flavor out of there. Yeah. So I know flavor. she didn't do that. And she, yeah, and you're supposed to cook it so that it has like some degree of pink in it. Um, but if it's under, if it's like too undercooked, it's going to taste like iron. And if it's overcooked, ugh, forget about it. It's so, so disgusting. Oof. Yeah. But, and, and it smells really bad too then. But like, Get it perfectly cooked. Yum. It's so good. Yeah. And we've had liver on occasion. I, I don't think it's like my favorite thing, but I'll, I'll eat it now. Whereas like when I was a kid, I wouldn't have 
gone near it probably oh i still won't eat an oval like if you like gave me a well done liver i'd just be like no yeah <laughs> no thanks um last thing on my list uh is what i called growing up cube steak but it's actually like top round or top sirloin it's basically the the steak that they use most frequently for chicken fried steak which my brother is a big fan <laughs> of so he eats lots of cube steak but i i can remember specifically growing up and i don't know i should have asked my mom when i talked to her earlier if we ate this often because it was like a cheap cut of meat which is probably likely or if like my mom and dad both really loved it and that was why it was always on the menu in regular rotation in our house but needless to say i was not a fan and she would always have to make mashed potatoes with it <laughs> so because you can i would it. yeah i would basically <laughs> take a bite of the cube steak which i thought was gross and like bury it in the mashed potatoes and then eat it that way and that was the only way that they could get me to eat it but Cube steak, not a fan. I don't think I'm still a fan, but I'd, I'd be willing to maybe revisit it and make like a fancy version of it or something, if yeah. there is such a thing. <laughs> oh, should I tell my uh, liquid smoke story? Do it. So when I was young and probably just trying to kind of take care of myself on my own, feed myself, clothe myself, all that kind of stuff, I remember making chili dogs and i was probably home alone because that's what you did in the 70s is you left your kids alone while you <laughs> like went to the movie or something went on vacation and i made hot dogs and then i started rooting around in the pantry trying to figure out what i could you know make with them and so we had like a can of hormel chili that i like heated up and i was like you know i thought i was like genius i'm gonna make chili dogs this is gonna be amazing and then i found some liquid smoke in the in the cupboard and i had no idea how much or little you were supposed to use so i just like sprinkled it on as you would like some hot sauce on on something of course you did and it was like licking an ashtray (laughs) my my beautiful chili dogs that i was so excited to eat were completely oh, I, think I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself they were, with they beautiful were, chili dogs they were inedible <laughs> so that's that's my my culinary kitchen disaster it's probably why i never became like a professional cook or chef or anything it's like it was just doomed from the beginning <laughs> all right so, so that was uh that was the topic for for this episode i think next week we should do the opposite stuff that you loved as a kid, but now you just don't want you're like, no, yuck. I got it. I've got a few things in mind. We'll, we'll discuss that. Okay. That'll be a good one. We'll put, <laughs> we'll put it out to the, to the Instagram crowd yeah. too and see what, see what gems we come up with. All right. Well, let's, let's dive into everyday Dory. This was a, this was a good one. Um, Dory Greenspan, author of over a dozen cookbooks. You know her. You love her. She's like queen of cookbooks. Yeah. She knows how to write a cookbook. Yes, she does. And uh, this one was great. Uh, As the name implies, it kind of focuses on like kind of quick and easy weeknight meals um, without sacrificing flavor. Um, And then, of course, she does usually put some kind of interesting little twist or spin Mm -hmm. on it. we made six dishes uh-huh. from this book, all of which we enjoyed. Yep. Um, we started with a potato chowder. Yep. And that was just a nice, easy one-pot meal. Um, you can use either a stick blender or a Vitamix to mix it up to your desired texture. We left ours a little chunky. Mm-hmm. 
So it's a little more chowder instead of soup. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I'm going to have to edit this. Uh, up next. Oh, you want me to say this? Oh, <laughs> you pussy. <laughs> we made a... <laughs> we made a chicken chili sandwich that was, it ended up being kind of a close relative of a banh mi. And that's what it kind of reminded yes. us of. Um, does anyone else hollow out their bread? Yes. And they're making uh, sandwiches? Because yes. this one, the bread to filling ratio was a little off. And that was just a result of the buns that we were using. But uh, yeah, so to to correct that imbalance... We hollowed out the buns. I always, is, whenever we do something on buns, I always hollow mine out. Yeah. You weirdo. All right. And then we also made a balsamic chicken with baby potatoes and mushrooms. This was, I guess, what would you would consider like a sheet pan dinner. Yeah. And, you know, we don't do a lot of sheet pan dinners. Nope. It's all the rage on the, on the social there's, medias. There's whole books dedicated to it. Now, the one adjustment we did make with this is we knew going into it that the chicken was probably going to take longer to cook than the vegetables that accompany it. So we added the vegetables about 20 minutes into the cook time, which I think really helped. And it turned out great. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that we did that. Yeah, nothing was overcooked. The chicken obviously was cooked as it should be, and the the vegetables didn't become mush. So a little little cheat pan dinner Mm -hmm. hack there. And then we did stuffed cabbage. Stuffed cabbage was awesome. It was our first time ever making it. And, you know, I don't think that I've, I don't think I've really ever eaten stuffed cabbage. Just, I have this preconceived notion that it's going to be bland. Yeah. And Um, this was far from it. It actually had three three kind of unexpected ingredients in it, uh, being soy sauce, Mm -hmm. lemon zest, Mm -hmm. and ketchup. It was, oh, I am a convert, and I love just, I love the whole process of boiling, you know, blanching the cabbage and rolling it up, and it's it's one of those um, cooking things, like uh, kneading dough, that it just kind of becomes very zen. Yeah. So, and it was so delicious. And this had ground pork and Italian sausage in mm-hmm. it, which is what we had on hand. Now, I will say that, you know, it, because it was kind of a tomato sauce base with apple juice, brown sugar, as well as some grated apple, that it ventured into sweet territory a little much for oh. my preference. Oh, see, I didn't, I thought the sweet was a really good foil for like the acid in the tomatoes that's too bad because you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) well okay then (laughs) that's fair that's fair and that well and the and you had the savory elements with like the the pork and everything so Mm -hmm. i mean i i guess i guess it was a there was a balance there and then we did this uh it was like a cod and bean Portuguese style, yeah. style cod and bean and pepiote, Ooh, fancy. Which, which is basically, um, I mean, well, if you're talking, uh, if you're speaking in Italian, it would be alla cartocci or whatever. <laughs> like it just, it just means like you fold it into some parchment paper. Yeah. But it, this had, um, I, to me, um, adding beans to a to an and pepiote type dish is really it seemed very strange to me but it was 
beautiful. Yeah, and it worked great. It, it was a nice surprise to me. And obviously, this is a dish that's you know best served immediately, and I don't think it would like reheat well. So you know, if you have leftovers, don't be one of those animals <laughs> that brings this to your workplace and, and microwave it in a break room or something. You you rube, don't do that. Um, and then the last dish we made was a pasta that had uh, cabbage, winter squash, and walnuts. And the the one technique that we use that we hadn't done before was like thinly slicing the squash with the skin on Mm -hmm. and just leaving it on there. Well, I've never had squash and pasta before. Yeah. That was a new kind of a new combination for me. And see this one, I thought leaned a little sweet too, just because there were dried cranberries in Mm -hmm. there. I agree. And it had like some, uh, honey and cider vinegar. Um, so yeah, but it was kind of like fall personified on a plate. Like, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing that we that we disliked. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, it's Dory Greenspan, so mm-hmm. you know that everything's going to be well-researched and well-tested, and, and yeah, no complaints. So that brings us to the different rankings, mm-hmm. starting with the food photography and styling category. All right, what'd you give it? I gave it a four. Okay. Um, the photos within the book, uh, very kind of home style, rustic, um, inviting, uh, minimal props, um, yet still seemed kind of styled. You know, they would mm-hmm. have like some linens or maybe a piece of flatware or something, but no, no watches or glasses of bourbon <laughs> or car keys or anything yeah. in there. So yeah, I, I had no complaints about it. I mean, I, I wasn't like blown away by them, but they were... They were totally fine. I gave it a four as well, too. And I will tell you the one thing that I noticed is that all the photos are roughly shot from the same angle. It's like not quite – it's like 45-degree yes. angle. Um, there's no – you know how like the flat lay style – you know, flat lay style photography has been all the rage. Yeah, you know, or like a side profile. Yeah, and this was kind of right in between. Yeah, but it, you know, there's like not a single flat lay photo. Mm-hmm. And it's always – all the photos in the book are of the finished recipes. Yes. That's it. And a lot of times they would have, like if they didn't have a piece of flatware, like a fork or a spoon stuck in them, they would have like where it looked like maybe they had been like in the process mm-hmm. of being like served up. So that's why I was saying like it was kind of mm-hmm. inviting mm-hmm. and just like, you know, you look at those photos and it really made you want to make that and also eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Design and layout. Um, I gave it a five. Um, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, like on the recipe pages, the left side of the page is the intro, and um, the right side is the recipe. And before you get to the method, there will be a little section that's called working ahead, mm-hmm. which I appreciate because I I like to work ahead and yeah. get all. You know, anything I can do to make actual making dinner a little bit easier, I'm all for it. Um, And then um, most of the recipes have storage, like storage tips. For leftovers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How to store it or if it cannot be stored. Um, And then there is also another little, sometimes uh, on some of the pages there will be like a little text box text box called playing around. Yep. One which, of my favorites. Yep. Which is just, it's like s- 
swaps, add-ins, slight variations. And but and then also for some recipes she does do like complete riffs on yes. on a, on a recipe. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about this book was it does give you those options Mm -hmm. and that latitude of like, you can do this, you can swap this out. It was, yeah, it was pretty easy breezy. And I think that's, that's a really great way to encourage cooking, you know, because it's like you, you know, a recipe does not have to be one thing. And if you don't follow it perfectly, it's all going to go to crap. Exactly. And there are people that have, I I think I was like that for the longest time. Absolutely. And so if you are the type that thinks you need to follow this recipe exactly and drive all over Chicago on a beautiful (laughs) afternoon looking for little neck clams when you could have just put something else in there and enjoyed the afternoon... Not that I'm speaking from personal experience <laughs> or anything. Oh, trust me, I was there. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's really valuable to get people thinking in those terms where you know you can you can use this as kind of a guideline, but you don't have to stick so strictly to it. Right, and 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 it also shows that you know you can be really flexible. You can make something and give it a like a completely different flavor profile mm-hmm. by using different ingredients. It's it's just I think it's so smart and just lovely. More books should do that. Mm-hmm. Um another thing I wanted to mention because it caught my attention is the acknowledgement section which is normally reserved for the rear of the book was the first thing in the book. Mm-hmm. And she was very generous with her praise, calling out all the people that were involved with the making of the book and just said some very kind things. And that just stuck out to me. You know, probably says a lot about the type of person she is and just the fact that she positioned it at the very beginning of the book says a lot to me because we go through a lot of cookbooks and... It used to be you were lucky if there was even an acknowledgement section. Now it's pretty common, but some are better than others. Um, And this one, I I thought she did a really good job of like recognizing everyone for their efforts. And uh, like I said, was very generous with the praise. So, and I I really enjoy reading all the intros to the recipes. That was my favorite part. She's such a fantastic writer and just, it's very conversational in style Mm -hmm. and and i really enjoyed that so uh you gave it a five Mm -hmm. i give it a four okay and uh yeah uh degree of difficulty two okay i gave it a two i didn't i mean we didn't do any desserts or anything which i always find to be a little bit harder Mm -hmm. um but i didn't feel like there for me personally there was anything that i struggled to do or where i read the recipe and I like kind of scratched my head or whatever, you know, I, I, I would act, I would feel very confident giving this to uh, someone who does not cook a lot. Yeah. So, and I went back and forth between ranking it a two or a three. There's all of again. (laughs) She's She's on on, neighborhood watch. Who needs an alarm system when we've got our terrier (laughs) up in the second floor barking out the front window at anyone that could cause us harm? Man. She's our girl. Yep. Um, 
So I ended up giving it a three because I I think, okay, so I think you'll get the most out of this book if you possess a certain degree of of skill and and just um, not only that, but just the ability to kind of adapt and adjust with a recipe. I, I think if you lacked that, you could still cook most of the things from this book, but it might be a little bit more of a challenge okay. for you. Nothing was too complex. You will need some special ingredients or tools. And that was the other thing that kind of pushed it more into like a three territory instead of two for me. What were the special tools and stuff? If you look in there and, and look at some of the recipes, there were definitely some ingredients that you might have to source okay. at like a specialty okay. store or something. Um, but that said, like this is a pretty simple book to cook from. And if you're comfortable in the kitchen, you're going to have no issues. Um, and then that brings us to... Taste. What'd you give it for that? I gave it a five. Okay. Um. I've some some of the dishes surprised me, like the mm-hmm. the cabbage mm-hmm. and and one of the things that I really liked is we didn't have to do a lot of tweaking on recipes yeah. to like make it taste good to us. Like it was the recipes were so accurate and so spot on flavor wise, I felt like. Yeah, with the exception of a couple of the things that I mentioned previously, just critiquing like where they ventured into like a little too sweet or Mm -hmm. something for me. So I I gave it a four, but overall, like I really enjoyed everything we made. And like you said, there were some things that surprised us. Those cabbage rolls were were great just because we had never made them before and, and they kind of exceeded any maybe low expectations I had going into it. So um, what more can you ask for? Successful book. Great job, Dory. Yep. So if you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. Um, You can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com as well as our Instagram at we underscore cook underscore books and on Facebook at wecookbooks. Production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thank you, Danny. All right. You know what time it is. (laughs) Funny time. Make me laugh. What, What was your favorite candy as a kid? You remember? Oh, um, I really liked sweet tarts. Really? Not well. No, not the not the not the bottle caps. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, sweet know, tarts? I know what yeah. sweet tarts. Are. They came in a little I, roll. Yeah, I used to. No, those were sprees. Oh, sweet tarts were. No, not sprees. I know sweet tarts because that was the thing that the shitty people would give you for Halloween candy. No, all the no, time. no, those are Smarties. Oh, are they? Yeah. I thought they were called sweet tarts. No, sweet tarts come in a little bag. Oh. And spree are kind of the same thing, but they're a little bit bigger, and those come in a roll. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I asked because like my favorite when I was growing up, and I used to eat these on the playground at school all the time. Recess pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Eh? No. no. Do, I, do I need to do another one yes. to, to redeem myself? Uh, what do you call a peanut in a spacesuit? An astronaut. <laughs> Success! <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Wear a mask. Have a fantastic week. Be safe.